Hello and welcome back to the Fowler Hour. Today's a bit of a special different trial run episode. This week I am doing a live recording, a live Q&A session with people from, well, from listeners and they're going to be phoning in through Google Hangouts and we're going to be having a chat about their questions. And currently I'm recording this about 10 minutes before we're due to start and I have no idea if anybody's going to turn up. I've sent out some invites, but it might just be me for an hour. I, I don't think it will be. I hope it won't be. But this is going to be an interesting episode, a new format, and I'm trying it out kind of while we're on lockdown just to see whether anyone's actually interested in it and whether it can spread a little bit more value and a little bit more community-based positivity while we're kind of all stuck at home um, or having big shifts in your world. So thank you very much for tuning into this episode and thank you to our sponsors. You can check those down in the description. That's a discount for the Logo Package Express plugin and two free months of Skillshare including the new Aaron Draplin course that has just dropped about making your own merchandise. Check those links down in the description. That's 25% off the Logo Package Express and two free months of Skillshare. Right, let's get on with this potentially madness of a show. I've already done the intro to the main podcast, but we're now actually live recording within the room, within the Google Hangouts with everybody. We've got about 14 people here today, which is absolutely incredible. And thank you very much for everyone who has turned up. I think there's going to be some great questions. I'm looking at them in the chat right now. And we're going to firstly start with, it had to be a person whose name I was never going to be able to pronounce firstly. So I'd like to welcome onto the show, Ono Riodi Aluya. Is that correct? Can you unmute yourself if you are still listening and in the chat? Yeah, I'm listening. It's Ono Riode. Anurude. Okay, perfect. I was, I sounded fairly <laughs> close, man. So where are you from? <laughs> yeah, you did. I'm from Lagos, Nigeria. Oh, perfect, man. Like I, I've yeah. got a, I've spoken to a few people from Nigeria on the podcast in the past. And so, yeah, it's great to hear from you. Yeah. Thanks for being part okay. of this. So what is your question yeah. today? Okay. My question would be, what are the habits of successful designers? Okay. So let me ask you a question. You yeah. Let me ask you a yeah. question kind of back to that. What? Where are you at right now with your designing? Where, where are you at in your, your design career? What do you do? Okay, currently I'm a brand identity designer. If, if I were to rate myself, yeah, I'm pretty past average. Yeah? Mm-hmm, yeah. Okay, so, um, yeah, if, I would say I'm at the middle, <laughs> if that's a word. Yeah, so... I can use that, like... Yeah, so you're kind of finding yourself, figuring out what's going on, and you want to take yes. things to the next level. Is that what kind of we're thinking? Yes, yes, true. Okay, so you put in your question um, that you would like to hear some advice that's other than just the generic learn, 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 practice, practice, learn, practice. Practice, so, yes, exactly. Yeah, so what I would kind of suggest on the back of that is the reason lots of people say that is because what they actually mean is you need to have a little bit more patience and give yourself time to grow. So a lot of people will ask that question of what are habits, like how can I grow faster, how can I, and it just takes time. So I think you're rightfully frustrated with the you just need to learn and practice statement, but there is the flip side of that is people are just trying to tell you to be a little bit more patient, but there are other things you can potentially do to become more successful. So for you, what is success? Is it getting more clients? Is it getting more recognition? Um, are you hoping to set up a studio? What's the goal here? Yeah, I'm hoping to set up a studio. Um, okay. Currently, my um, username on Instagram is Roid Studios. So, mm -hmm. like, that's more of the goal or more of the vision. 
Okay. And getting more clients means at the point, if I'm right, getting more clients means you're offering more value and getting and you're better at what you do than others, if I'm right, if I'm mm-hmm. correct. So yeah, I'll tag that as success. Okay. And of course, earning big bucks. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I understand. That, that's, but it's good to know. It's good to have this kind of context. So habits I would suggest then is to make sure that you are creating plans and strategies that help you towards that bigger goal. Okay, so that means going to your big goal, which if your big goal is to start an agency or run an agency, start there and then break it down. Like what? how much money do I need or how many people do I need to set up this kind of agency? What does that require? And then work backwards from there to make this big plan and this big strategy that actually hits towards your goals and not just like a fluff piece where you're like, oh, if I just like, you know, post on Instagram a bunch, I'll get there. It's like, actually, you might be better going to networking events or business events. You might be better connecting with another studio in a different part of the world to find out how they built their business, to see whether it's possible. And the best way I have found to kind of build and grow myself as a designer in my own business is to reflect on the big goal first and work backwards. Now, there are other little habits I could suggest that might help you. Um, things like writing. So I write every single day. If you're part of my newsletter, you will get a newsletter from me every single day. And habits like writing have really helped me clarify the things that I want to achieve. So little things and exercising and all those types of things, they're kind of not how to be a better designer, but they are habits I think make you a better person and have help bring more clarity to your day to day. Does that help? Yeah, it sure does. Sure does. Thanks a lot. No worries. Awesome. Thank you very much for coming onto the show and for bringing such a great question to the start of it. So yeah, if you don't mind muting yourself, we will get through to the next one. Thank you. So we just heard from an awesome designer over in Nigeria. So Elena M. Dorsey. Oh, we might mute that. So Elena, um, where are you coming from? And can you unmute yourself? And if you have a question, do you want to bring it to the table? Because you've put in the chat that what's the topics for questions? So yeah, <laughs> so I'm Elena. I'm a creative strategist for cannabis industry and creatives in the United States. Awesome. Um, I guess I did come up with a question. It's what are what would you say are the fundamentals of prospect and client communication, especially via phone? Okay, so is this kind of thinking about the new times that we're living in and everything shifting and? No, I mean, I've, I guess I've always had kind of communication issues or there, I feel like there's certain expectations or I don't really, I got into freelancing without knowing how phone calls were supposed to be handled. And I'm still like learning that process. Okay. But it's based on your experience, how, mm-hmm. what's like your agenda, what's the process that you go through with your calls. Okay, so is this more about getting the lead on board or while you're working with them? So I guess both, but whatever you have time for. Okay, well, let's firstly start with, um, I, can, I can do my best to go through this as, as quickly as possible. So when I'm talking to a new lead, I have a worksheet 
Um, you can actually down, I have customized this worksheet since, but you can go to the Futures website and they have a first call or first meeting worksheet. It's under their free resources section. Um, that will cover some questions and topics that will help you assess whether it's gonna be a good fit and to see what types of things they would need. Um, Chris Doe has also put out recently a first sales call type carousel post, which would be helpful for this kind of thing too. Um, but my process, I have adapted that slightly and it's all about, I start my calls by saying, who are you, what do you do? Um, so I get an overview of their business and what they do. I then ask them why they phoned me or why we're talking. So I'll typically do my calls um, on Zoom or now Google Hangouts, um, do a video call uh, or just an audio call. So I understand who they are, why they're calling me, um, what problems they are facing. I don't ask them what they want. I ask them what problems are they facing. So they might say, well, we need a new logo because or we need... Um, we think that we need a new website because we are struggling with X, Y, or Z. Um, and then it's your job to reiterate that back to them and then try and dig a little deeper so that you're not just sat on the first phone call going, right, well, you, you said you wanted a logo. Um, your business is failing. Your website doesn't convert. Um, but yes, a, a new logo will definitely help. You, you don't want to play that game um, because you don't want to be selling things to people who don't need them because then what's going to happen is they're going to pass that knowledge to somebody else and say, oh, um, I was working with Elena and, you know, uh, she sold me this logo design and it hasn't solved any of the problems I was looking for, um, which is not something you want to do on the first call. So when you go through that first call, check out that worksheet from the future, but also think about what you want out of the call. You need to understand why they're calling you, who they are, and also what do they need help with. So that's quite a, a strict process and that's basically the same process for every single lead um, that I talk to. Now, when it comes to having calls with clients um, it, it, during the project, so let's kind of be very broad here and let's say that you have three or four phases for your project. Um, you kind of want to take things slowly, but general rules for calls, and this is for having any call with a client, is to make sure you go in with some kind of agenda. You make sure to keep things on track and you do your best to give them a time estimate of how long the call will last before you go into it. So I invite my clients, for example, to Google Calendar invites uh, events, like the one you received to come and join us on the podcast today. I will use those and send them to clients as well. So they're aware of roughly how long we'll be talking for and what that might include. Sometimes if you want, you could put a note in the description of that calendar event to say, Hey guys, uh, what we're going to be talking about today is this topic, this topic, and this topic. It could be um, your brand personality. It could be we're going to be talking about the, the logo concepts today um, or reviewing content that they've already supplied you. Let's say you're a website designer or something like that. But make sure you go in with an agenda and a rough timeline. Now, I also always record the calls, which is a lot easier if you use Zoom because you can just push one button, um, but you can also download software like OBS or Camtasia and record the calls too. It's a good thing for you and the client to have a record of what you have spoken about. And sometimes people will say, well, you could also take notes and send them a summary of the call. Um, so after you've had the call, send them a summary in an email um, of what you have said and what you have discussed. And that way they at least know what you've spoken about between those meetings. Because Elena, when you're, when you're on a call with a client, is there anything you particularly struggle with? But or, and does that make sense? What I'm trying to describe here is that you want to make sure you're going in with a clear direction and to try and get those goals fixed. Because we've all been in meetings that have gone on for an hour longer than they should have for no reason. 
um, people just getting sidetracked. So does that help? And is there anything else that you might be struggling with that's more specific? Um, yeah, it definitely helps. It definitely reinforces, like, because I've been tuning into the future and yeah. I usually, like, poke at Asian Uncle Chris Doe on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So it definitely, like, reinforces those aspects. And, yeah, I definitely need to um, hop over there and get those lists. So totally. that helps a lot. Thank you. You're absolutely welcome. And for anyone listening, um, seriously, go and check out that resource after we finish today's call, or if you can in another window, feel free to do so. Um, but it's you might also want to make sure it reflects what you do. Um, so for me as an identity designer, it kind of helped. And some of those questions are very specific and really helpful, but make sure they work for your industry as well. So thank you, Elena, for joining us on the call. So if you wouldn't mind muting yourself and we will get on to the next question. Oh, she has already done that. Fabulous. Thank you. Um, so the next question is coming in from Jeremy Holden. Jeremy, can you unmute yourself? Tell us who you are, where you're from, what you do. Hello, everyone. Hi, Connor. I'm Jeremy. I'm from South Durban, South Africa. Um, I'm a young visual identity designer looking to, well, I decided rather that it was a good year to try get my own freelancing business started, although circumstances have changed. So the main question I wanted to ask Connor was, with obviously the global situation being what it is, how can a designer get a client when face-to-face -face is off the table? Because a lot of my st uh, starting work was a lot with local clients and uh, doing face-to-faces with them and having proper discussions. How can we move that into the digital realm and potentially meet with clients that are not anywhere near you, say you're all the way up in UK and I'm all the way down here? Awesome. Okay, Jeremy, thank you very much for your question. It's a fabulous one. Um, so where you're at right now, would the people you have already worked with be more than happy to do a Zoom call or something like that? Right now, as the time of this recording, South Africa is in a complete uh, mm -hmm. uh, countrywide lockdown, so yep. nobody is moving out. So everyone, by and large, has been forced to either go digital or completely close shop until the, uh, uh, the, the country reopens at the end of the month. Okay, so there is an expectation that right now everyone's going to be doing everything digital. So for you to swap things from in-person, uh, obviously previously dealing with local clients to now dealing with or hoping to deal with either the local clients digitally or more international people. Excuse me. Digital is by far easiest. Um, most of my clients are international. Most of my clients are US-based um, just because of the fact I get most of my clients through social media and the vast majority of people on social media are from the US. Um, so I always do my, my calls and meetings with Zoom or things like that. I very, very rarely, I have think, I think maybe in the last three years done one or two in-person meetings and that's it. Um, and I don't think you should see it as a limitation because the way you're talking about it, it sounds like you're concerned that you're not going to get any work if you don't meet them in person. It wouldn't be so much the in-person fact. I'm, I'm fairly comfortable meeting people over the digital. It's just probably because I'm not used to it per se, because the vast majority of what I've dealt with in the past has always been either through referral or um, through these face-to-face -face meets. So it's just a, a new boundary that I haven't really explored yet. Okay, that makes sense. So when thinking about trying to get some of these new clients through, there is potential, obviously, everything's moving digital. And whilst you might not have, you say you're new at this, right? For um, well, 
Fairly new, fairly okay. new. Okay, so I assume then that your network of, of clients and people who could refer you is quite small. Is that right? That's correct. I've done one. I've done a couple jobs for um, a UK client, and I'm currently working with an old friend of mine who's now in Canada. So there's bits and pieces all over the place. But as far as the the backtracking list, it's still quite small. Okay, cool. So think about potentially reaching out to the people you've already worked with. Obviously, the people you've met in person might be even better here, and send them a quick email to say, "Just want to check in, make sure you're okay." Is there anything that I could help you with right now? Not like pushing work or anything like that, but just kind of be a genuine human and see if there's anything they could help. Uh, they might need help with. And then at the bottom of that email, just include if there's anything or if you know anybody who might um, find use in the services or skills that I have, who I could help, please send me their details and refer me on. And it's a tricky question of should you be selling in times like these? Should you be reaching out mm. and reaching out to people? Um, and I think providing you do it in a genuine fashion and you are actively trying to help people and you're not trying to just sell to them, I think you'll kind of cut through the potential worry you have um, and also find more work. But you're right in terms of things have just shifted a lot and trying to figure out which direction to head in now is kind of scary. Um, but also making sure that you maintain the relationships with the people you have already spoken to um, is a great place to start. Right. Um, the one thing that obviously made me ask this question a lot more is um, the financial situation mm -hmm. in South Africa is just, it has degraded quite a bit. So yeah. I understand the global economy is not doing great. However, the economic situation in South Africa has gone quite bad as a result of the, the lockdown. So the necessity mm. to potentially create these new leads, find these new clients from um, overseas where the economies are still they're struggling, but they're in a better state would be a, a good thing to look for. Yeah, totally. And I mean, I always recommend people to look further afield than just their hometown, um, particularly when we don't have to work just in your hometown. Um, I mean, Precisely. A, a, with the tools that we have and, and social media and things like that, or even just building a, a website with good SEO, it can it can dramatically shift the amount of money you're able to make and the types of people you're able to work with. Um, so don't feel that just because the your economy, obviously down in South Africa right now, everything's in lockdown. Um, economy across the board has, uh, the world economy, I believe, has dropped something mm -hmm. around 10% at this point. Um, so everyone's feeling a little bit of a pinch. Um, some more place, uh, more places, some in more places than others. Um, but don't be afraid to reach out to the people you've spoken to already. See if you can go further afield and rekindle and help the people, as I say, that you have already worked with. Because if you've already got a relationship with them, helping them in times like these is what will make the bond even stronger. Understood. Does that help? <laughs> Thanks, Connor. Yeah, more or less, yes. Perfect, Jeremy. Thank you very much for bringing your question to the show. Right, let's move Thank on to much. the next person. Who have we got? So, Kate Schmid, Schmid, Schmid Kate, join us. <laughs> I've probably pronounced your surname wrong, but Kate, could you unmute? And I'd love to hear who you are, where you're from, what you do. Yeah, hi. So thank you so much for having me here first. So I'm Kate from Germany. And I'm recently more an artist behind Katerina Art and Design. And as I just wrote down before, I have questions about your newsletter, but sure. you already answered that. Oh, did <laughs> so, I? So what um, was your question? Yeah, you did. Well, my question was um, basically how um, you set up the content and you already said that you do it daily. Mm -hmm. So it's more like 
experience to write your newsletter thread. Yeah. So in terms of uh, your question, Kate, just for I can read it to the people who are listening at home. Your question was, where do you get inspiration for making and oh, from making and starting your newsletter series? So I, for people listening at home, recently started making my newsletter daily instead of weekly. Um, and you make a good a good question, Kate, which is how do I come up with all the ideas for this? <laughs> mm -hmm. um, <laughs> yeah, right. And the, the one thing I can say to you is that um, it all starts by just making a big, long list. Um, so some mm -hmm. days I will pull from this list. I will just go through the list and I'll go, that sounds good. Ooh, that sounds good. And I will just <laughs> write about that for 15 or 20 minutes or so. And then we edit it and, and cut it down and things like that. And then some days, if again, you're part of the newsletter, you'll see this. Some days I will respond or react to other people in the newsletter's responses. So um, I have people like Lenine and Brian and anyone who wants to respond to the newsletter, I can ask them if I can react or, or respond to the email they send me, which then becomes more content. So by encouraging people to get involved with the newsletter, by encouraging people to be a part of it, that also helps to inspire new content too. Okay, so it's kind of two-way thing here, Kate, where I've got a big list of topics um, and some of those topics will get recycled every few months. Maybe I'll get a, a new perspective or an update on something. But also the second side is that the users and the people on the newsletter help to generate some of those ideas too. Okay, that's awesome to know because I was also thinking about starting my own newsletter. Awesome. Um, so there's already the next question I have. Yeah. That's because of the domain. I was looking for a domain. There's so many providers. Yep. So I want to ask you for an advice. Mm -hmm. So m the only thing I would really suggest is look for ones that have good reviews and look for ones that provide who is privacy as standard. Um, so who is, is mm -hmm. just, it just protects your data. So um, some really cheap places won't include who is privacy as standard, which means that anyone who can look up your domain can see who bought it, where they're from, um, and any business associated with it. So just for privacy's sake, I would recommend um, anywhere that has who is privacy as standard. Um, but in terms of providers, I have bought domains from many different places over the years. Um, but I, I have previously bought go, uh, domains with Google. I have bought domains with Namecheap, um, with GoDaddy. And currently all of my domains are hosted on a website called Pork Bun, um, which is a, a very strange name. Um, but it's, mm -hmm. it's just a website I find to be really user-friendly and they have great customer service. And other than that, there's not really too many things I can point to that would help you other than if you want a particular um, extension. So some websites don't host certain extensions. If that makes sense, so an extension would be your .com, your .de, your mm -hmm. .tech, your .whatever. Um, if you want a specific one of those, you might have to go to a certain domain provider, but most of the time they do all of them. So I, I, other than being, other than the, the who is privacy, there's not really many different things that I know of anyway. Okay, thank you. That's so good to know. Does that help? Because it's yes, absolutely. Because Great. it's actually such a struggle to you know get to know everything about it, where to start, and mm -hmm. what's um, important to look at. Yeah. Well, and then I have one more question. If that's go okay for, it. for yeah, you, quick, it's about let's go. the marketing. Yeah. I've seen um, that you still only have your own web page. It's still on hold for so long. Mm -hmm. And I would like to know, how do you get them to your clients? Because I only mainly see you on Instagram. And I also 
um, witnessed that you're not that often on your Instagram stories anymore as mm -hmm. you used to. Mm -hmm. So how do you do that? Okay, so if I'm being honest, Kate, right now things are in a little bit of a down period, more because mm -hmm. um, I was working with clients who I'd been working with for the last few years on and off. So I had repeat clients coming back. Um, I've mm -hmm. decided to shift things in a different direction. And also just in general, I find it quite difficult to be consistent with content, um, particularly when I'm not the type of person who changes things once a year. I'm the type of person who changes things once a month. So for me to have any consistency or to have a website, as you, you quite rightly said, my website at conorfowler.com is currently under being built. I am building it right now. Um, but it's one of those things where I am up and down with it all the time. Um, and I talk about this in my newsletter of things like uh, it, different social media platforms I'm getting tired of. Um, but I'm also trying to figure mm -hmm. out where where is the best place to put my eggs so that I actually have the best return. Um, so in terms of marketing for other people, I would look at where you've got clients from previously, where they have come from and try and put more emphasis on that. Because whilst I have had clients come through Instagram, that might not be the case looking forward. So you, you need to be aware of these things, but also respect where they have come from previously. Okay, great, right. Because I was thinking, what if Instagram... Um, you know, won't be available in a few years. Exactly. What we're going to do then? Well, everyone should have their own website. That's what we should do. Awesome. Yeah, right. <laughs> Great, Kate. That's for sure. Thank you. So okay, is, does so that help? Yes, it Fair. really helps a lot. So thank you so much. Really, really appreciate you being on the show today. Thank you. So if you don't mind muting, we'll get through to the next question. Yes, I will. Thank you. So next question is from Harrison Chambers. Harrison, are you there with us? Yes. Hello. Hey, I'm Harrison. Harrison. So, Harrison, where are you from? What do you do? I'm from UK and I'm a first year degree student. Fabulous. And I've got some client work. Mm -hmm. But the question I'm wondering is, is that how do I go about signing off a project? Because of this one client I've worked for, I'm still waiting for him to agree with the logo that I've designed. Okay. So what is your process, Harrison? For designing a logo well i do i do i meet face i used to meet face to face but now i do it via email mm -hmm. and then i do initial sketches and then i send the sketches to the client and then the client then picks the sketches that he likes i get them back develop them send them over and then like that back and forth. So are you at the stage of the sketches right now or the first digital concepts? Yeah, I'm, I'm on the uh, first digital concept. Okay, cool. Right, so I can talk about this. So what we're going to do, Harrison, what I'm going to suggest is what I kind of spoke about with Jeremy, which is that you need to, and what I said to Elena as well, is what you want to do is get these people on calls. So I know people um, who have a similar process to you where it's, it's all back and forth through email um, and that works okay for them. Um, but the issue I find, obviously you've kind of lost the ability to go and meet these people in person, to walk them through things like this. Um, but I have always found that doing video calls for presentations, regardless of what stage it is, um, or at least doing audio calls, obviously you really want the visuals, um, doing a visual call is the best thing to do. Um, so doing a Zoom call or just sharing your screen. So in the case, um, in the case of 
your sketching process. So what you've done is you've sent them sketches. You could scan them in. You could take photographs of them, um, manipulate them a bit in Photoshop and just put it in a quick PDF presentation. Um, but I would always recommend doing calls like this um, with any presentation because what happens, um, Harrison, is that you end up getting some immediate feedback. Now, it's not going to be like the feedback that's going to change the entire project immediately. Um, you might have to wait a couple of days for that. But by having the conversation with them rather than just sending off an email and, and hoping that it even gets to them, let alone that they'll sit and read it, um, you get some initial reaction, you get to have a discussion with them and you get to see roughly where they're sitting so that when you send them the email to say, hey, client, uh, this is what we discussed today. Here's a copy of those images we went through. Um, let me know in 48 hours or a couple of days or however long you want to set which direction you'd like to move forward with. Because then at that point, you've put some pressure on to say we want to keep things moving but also you've given them the time of day to say, right, I'm Harrison, I've designed you these things. Um, this is the reason I've chosen these things for your business. This is why I think it would be effective. And then it's a bit more personable um, because I understand your pain, which is if you send an email out and you could be waiting weeks. Now, obviously at the moment, things are a bit up and down. So it might be that your client has some kind of emergency or they're sick or, or something like that. It's difficult to tell. Um, but if you are concerned, just send them a polite follow-up email. Um, and I'm obviously I'm saying maybe advocate for doing video calls next time in your new different projects. Um, but for now, I think probably the best thing you can do is just to send them a polite email and say, um, how, are, how are things going? Is there anything you need clarification on? Is there anything I could help you with in terms of making a decision? And just follow up with them politely because are you just, how long have you been waiting for this feedback? Um, I sent it. Last Wednesday, right. still waiting. Okay, yeah, so it would be worth sending something just as a quick follow-up if you haven't already and be polite. But in terms of looking forward to new projects in the future, I would highly recommend having video calls instead of just sending an email because then at least you get some kind of initial reaction that kind of sparks the discussion. Um, because I, have, I know that if I receive an email, um, there is far less emotion attached to it. There is far less um, emphasis on the work that has been done if it's just an email. Um, and it's difficult to sell what you have created in an email. Does that help? Yes, thank you. Yeah, awesome. And first, yeah. and also you say you're in the first year of design school? Yeah. Awesome, well, best of luck. I'm assuming that you're not in classes right now and it's all digital. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it, I can understand it's probably quite difficult right now, but best of luck to you and thank you for coming and joining us. Awesome. Okay, so thank you, Harrison, for bringing a great question. So we've got um, someone who's, oh, it's Amit. Amit, could you open uh, unmute yourself and we will get going with your question. So uh, the, your name is Another Fanatic. Perfect. Is it Amit or Amit? It's Amit. Amit. Hey, uh, Colin, how are you? I'm great, thank you. So firstly, what do you do? Where are you from? Tell us a bit about yourself. Uh, I'm from India. Awesome. And I've just started designing. I've not just started designing. I've been designing for almost a year now. But I've just started to get some clients. But I've gotten a few clients from international market outside India. And my question is about contracts. Mm -hmm. I usually do some illustration work and logo designing. So how do you deal with this contract? How do you set it? How do they send it back? 
when they accept it? How do we sign it? Okay, so uh, there are two you want different. Me to ask it's like mm-hmm. okay. Sorry, no, sorry. Finish you your question. To... Uh, okay, that was the first question I want to ask. Okay. One more. Yep. Uh, what's the difference between a freelance work and a commission work? And should you do a commission work, or what's the difference? Okay, so the difference between freelance work and commission work is. I, other th- from my understanding, it's just a different type of word. Like it's just different terminology for the same thing. Um, however, you might want to look into it for the illustration side because illustration is a whole different beast. Um, so this is what I was going to say about contracts. Now, with logo designs, um, typically what you will do, obviously this is from my perspective, what I do. I can give you some information about illustration as well, but I'll talk about logos and identity first. So with logos and identity, I typically um, would suggest you go and find uh, contract templates on a website called Docracy, um, which is D-O-C-R-A-C-Y.com or something like that. They have some great example templates, which you can use to start with. Um, But the difference between those and illustration is that with logo design and identity work, when you finish the project, you typically hand them the copyright in exchange for whatever money they haven't paid. Um, Now that doesn't include like authorship rights, so you can still showcase it on your blog or your website or your Instagram or wherever, but with design work like logos and identity, you typically hand it off to the client and then they just get to do whatever they want with it. Um, There's no like license for it, you just hand over that particular copyright. Um, but go and check out that website uh, for templates on that because there's some good examples of what you should language you should use for things like copyright or um, deadlines or invoicing or deposits or things like that. Now, the future also has a legal kit which you can check out um, if that's within your budget. I haven't used it myself, um, but that might be good. But I also recognize that they're an American brand, so it's likely to be tailored to an American market. So yourself in India, that might not be as great, but have a look at it and see where it goes from there. Now, on the flip side with illustration, um, my girlfriend, Lydia, uh, Lydia Hill, you can go check out her illustration work. She is, Uh I say, she's she's an illustrator, um, but she also has a very different contract to what I would use for my clients. Um, And that's because illustration typically has a variety of different licenses associated with it. So if she was to make a image that's gonna go on a blog header as the main image for a client, um, they would only be able to use it there. They would only be able to use it on the blog header and that's it, unless they purchased a license to use that illustration in different places, which obviously increases the money or, or changes the licensing. And the way the contract and her invoice, uh, so wait, sorry, the way her agreements and contracts are structured is very different to mine. So anyone who's listening, who yourself included, um, who is an illustrator, I would recommend going and checking out the Association of Illustrators um, or the AIGA. Now, the Association of Illustrators is a UK-based body. Um, It's an organization that helps illustrators in the UK. I believe they have an international division, um, but they also help and have a contract template. Um, It's not free. You do have to sign up for their like monthly or yearly subscription model, um, but you get a whole bunch of other stuff with it. Um, I don't know whether they have international stuff, so you might be worth saying sending them an email to see. Um, And also there is the AIGA and the AIGA, I'm pretty sure has a free contract template. And what you can do, it's it's like something stupid, like 30 or 50 pages long. Um, But what they suggest you do is you go through it section by section and pull out the bits you want. Obviously you want to look at it and compare it to what you actually need. Um, But for most people, it's actually pretty easy to kind of break this down. 
so does that help you with what should go, how to prepare the contracts or where you should look for them? Are you there? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you ask me the uh, question again? Yeah, I so say, does that actually, what I have explained, does that help you potentially find yes. things for your contract? Yes. Perfect. What was the first, what was the first website for the, the logo? So the first website is a website called Docracy, which is D-O-C-R-A-C-Y. Um, I would just put it in okay. the chat as well. Um, so yes, you can please. put it there. I think that's how you spell it. Um, it. But there should be templates okay. on there um, for design and graphic design and logo design, things like that. Obviously, don't just copy them straight out. You'll want to read them and check them. Um, but when I, to your second question, uh, which was how do they sign it through email? So I use a service um, called Eversign, um, which is an online service i am only on the free plan because i don't get enough contracts to sign contracts signed each month to warrant paying for it um, but what you do with eversign is you upload the document you then draw boxes of where you need people to sign things um, or punch their name in or put the date in and then you just send it to their email address and eversign does the rest so they log they just click the link okay. and they just do it digitally you can also i believe use adobe acrobat um, has a pdf signing system um, but I haven't really looked into that because I know that a lot of people don't pay for Adobe Acrobat. So I don't know whether those features are available, um, but I've not had any problems with Eversign. And that's what I've been using probably for the last couple of years now. And it's been fine. Got it. Awesome. I will look into that. Yeah, perfect. Um, does that help? Yes, that helps a lot. Thank you so much. Thank you for being part of the show. So if you don't mind muting yourself, we'll move through to the next question. Sure. And the next question okay. is from Jeremy. Jeremy, would you like to come on and give us an idea of who you are, where you're from, what you do? Are you there, Jeremy? It's me again. <laughs> or is it a different Jeremy? Oh, wait. Hang on. What have I done? <gasps> Jeremy, what have I done? <laughs> Thank you. you. I jumped the queue. If I don't know if there's probably another designer that would like to go in front of me. Yes, let's do that. Thank you, Jeremy, for being so courteous. No problem. So, Chris Mentz, would you like to join us? Do you have a question? I know you've put, I thought you were saving questions for Connor, but Chris, do you have a question? <laughs> is Chris with us? Does Chris have a question or has he put it further down in the chat and I've not seen it? I don't think he has. Chris, are you there? If not, we're going to have to move on to somebody else. I'm not sure he's there. Guys, what are we going to do about that? All right, Chris, well, put, put your name in the chat and we'll come back around to you if you do have a question. So the next question is from Jamil or J Jamel. Would you be able to? Yeah, I, Jamil. Jamil, Jamil. Jamil. Hi. <laughs> How are you doing? Where are you from? So I'm from India Hello. and uh, I'm a self-taught designer. Awesome. And uh, I've been uh, working as a freelancer like at the initial stage of my career. Mm -hmm. And recently switched to you know, the agency type of thing. And the thing is, I've been struggling a lot with the work environment. Like uh, when I used to work as a freelancer, I used to have a lot of, uh, you know, the freedom and create, you know, you have the freedom to do what you want and you can convince the client. But in agency, I felt a lot of times that I've been controlled and in terms of creativity as well. Uh, but right now in terms of this COVID situation, uh, like I happen to kind of lose the agency part, like I kind of lose the job itself. So the th question is like, if I want to be a freelancer and you know, if I want to be surviving in an international market, like how do you prep yourself? Like, because there are a lot of people who, start, who come from design schools and they do come from different backgrounds. 
but me like uh since i'm self taught i've been learning through youtube the future and lot of other mediums like how do you see like what would you give an advice for an for an, uh, yeah for a designer who has been you know struggling in this kind of phase okay so when you were working at the agency what was your position uh i was just a graphic designer like i used to do um social media okay. as well as website mm-hmm. wireframes and stuff and i used to do 3d as well okay 3d animation so if you don't mind me asking what kind of level were you in at did you have like a junior middle senior where were you did you have that kind of thing or was it just graphic designer no like i'm um, middle middle okay okay that's good so it's interesting to hear because if you were to say i was a junior and um you were working in an agency I don't have personal experience working in an agency, but I do have anecdotal experience and understanding of what other people have done. So if you were to say, sorry. Like, uh, if, if you don't have anything freelance for like more than three or four months, it's very hard to sustain. So I had to take up agency because it's very hard. You know, if you want to survive, we have to do something. Yes, I so understand. I have- yeah, okay. Yeah. So what I was going to say was if you were to... Uh, say that same thing of I, I felt I was didn't have very much creative control um, and you were a junior designer I would have said well you're going to have to kind of that's the way it is generally if you're a junior yeah. um, you kind of just have to do what you're being told and understand the ropes and things like that but if you were in a, a middle kind of position um, and you felt that the work environment was kind of d- damaging or bottling up your creativity um, it might just be a case of the fact that you didn't find kind of the right agency, like you've put in your question, the right work environment to go with. Um, but obviously at the moment you're saying, well, also I don't have, if I don't have projects coming in, I have to go to an agency. So how do you kind of find the best place to balance that? Um, and I think probably one of the best things you could do would be to find other people who work in agencies and ask them what their experience is working with that company um, or working with a different company or what their experience is are just in general working at agencies to see if you can find a good fit if that's what you want to do, if you want to go back to working in an agency. Obviously no. Well, it, it, it depends. I, yeah. Yeah, I mean, as you said, if you, if you don't have projects coming in, um, and I mm. wish you the best of luck getting projects, and I, I hope you do well, but just to be realistic, if you don't have projects coming in and you have to find a job elsewhere, the, the, the knowledge that you can look for something that's more suitable is probably going to help you um, just to say, well, actually, I know someone who works at that amazing agency in down the road or in the next city or wherever it is so that I can go to them and we, I know I could have a, a nice job there and they'd be really helpful and they'd allow me to grow and, and all of that stuff. But you also have to remember that when you're working for yourself, you have control over everything. But if you're working under a manager or a boss, you're always going to have some level of, then you're not going to get full creative control generally. Um, yeah. So what are you wanting to do more than anything right now? What's what's your kind of goal? So my goal is like, I like to... Uh, like be a, free, a freelancer, like, you know, at, at least some, I want to make a name for myself, like, right. you no, know, like, uh, yeah, as a freelancer, because uh, I have a friend, uh, she lives nearby, and she, she her only client base is, target is like women entrepreneurs. So, and she has that kind of, like, she's focused only on that. Uh, but I'm trying to find that area where I can work on, like, you know, targeting that set of clients and work on. So what so interests I, you the most? Who who have you worked with in the past that you really enjoyed working with, and what interests you the most? Like in as in freelancing or on agency? Um, whichever, Wh- whatever work you have done, who have you enjoyed working with the most? 
I think in freelancing, uh, I did one product packaging and I found it very interesting because it was like a one month duration and it turned out well because the entire thing was fun. But uh, in agency, I did a couple, uh, worked on a 3D design for yeah. a website and it was not fun because uh, each because in agency, I, I didn't have the resources restriction. You know, like I have a term of something like powerful computer. But in terms of freelancing, uh, I found it very difficult, you know, in terms of resource. Okay. So, you know, like this is the problem. Okay. And yeah. I'm so you like to, I, that, I understand what you like doing in terms of work, but let me, let me rephrase my question. What type of people do you like to work with? What industry are they in? Or, or alternatively, if you don't have a favorite, what are you most interested in? Like, are you interested in business? Are you interested in musicians and music? Are you interested in uh, video games? What, what's kind of, what are you drawn to? Mm, right now, 3D, like 3D animation. Okay, okay, cool. So firstly, maybe do some more work based on that, like just personal projects which will then attract people who might want that type of work, firstly. But yeah. don't feel... It sounded the way you were kind of phrasing your uh, statement about your friend who deals with woman, uh, female entrepreneurs, that she has it all down pat and like she's focused and like you want to be like that. But obviously not for those yeah. types of clients, but you want to be focused like that. Yeah. Okay. So don't beat yourself up about not knowing what you want to do in terms of like a niche or a direction right now. You are much better off just trying and seeing what's out there, trying any project um, that sounds interesting and, and obviously pays you well um, yeah. and seeing who is drawn to the type of stuff you do. Uh, see who you enjoy working with the most. You might enjoy making animations yeah. for construction companies. You might enjoy making animations for film studios. Um, but until you've done a lot of work, it's very difficult to kind of hone in on one place. You can pick and just charge that way. But if you're not yeah. sure it will be a lot of effort to kind of force yourself in one direction. Do you think freelancing is better or going in agency? I mean, for long-term long goals, I'm, I'm trying to see in a big company, but at short term, I like, do you think like freelancing is, is, is a better path or, or agency, you know, that kind of is better? It depends on what you want to do. It depends on your goals. And My heart to go in freelancing. But uh, the situation around me is forcing me to go into agency. Okay. Well, yeah. my suggestion then would be to find, if, if agency life is not for you, find a job that pays the bills that you can do and doesn't drain your energy, doesn't drain like your mental strength. So if, if, you're, yeah. if you're finding stress from working in an agency, go and find a job or a part-time job, whatever can pay the bills in somewhere that is going to be not easy, but like something that is not going to damage your creativity. Does that make sense? I get it. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, and sometimes you have to suck it up. Like I, I had to work at a supermarket for an entire year to save up enough money to go freelance. Yeah, and it sucked. I hated it. Yeah. Yeah, it's not my kind of thing. But I had to do that to get the bills paid because otherwise nothing's going to happen. So yeah. does that help? Yeah, it does help. Perfect. Well, thank you. Yeah, thank you. No worries. And best of luck to you. Um, so thank you for coming on the show and for asking a question. Could you please mute yourself and we'll keep moving through. Um, so we've already answered Elena's question, so we're going to keep going. Joshua Norris, I believe you are up next. Where are you? Are you with us, Joshua? I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm here. Fabulous. Perfect. What is so? Before you stay in with your question, where are you from? Yeah. Who are you? What did you do? 
so I'm a self-taught designer. I'm currently living in Sheffield at the moment in the UK. Oi, um, I'm probably moving there soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so I'm very, I'm, I've not lived in Sheffield for very long. So I've just moved here with my girlfriend. She goes to uni in Manchester. Nice. Um, so yeah, but I'm currently folk. I'm currently got a management position, which is what you were previously talking about, you know, kind of having a part-time job. It was a full-time job. <laughs> Folks, my yeah. design work. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm not really interested. Well, I am interested in having clients, but right now I'm more interested in kind of like learning, teaching myself because I've got the the freedom of being able to do that without having to kind of put some stress on needing the clients to... Um, so yeah, so my question, um, which I've which I've tried to figure out the best way to say it, go for um, it. But so it's about how to know you're kind of giving yourself kind of honest and realistic time scales. So it's more about kind of productivity and and time. So um, I want to try and kind of you know cram in a lot within a day so that you know I can feel like I've been productive, but then also as well I'm being harsh on myself, or maybe I maybe I don't know the time how long something should take, but I'm I'm not being as realistic. I don't feel with um, my timings. So yeah. I'm I'm kind of giving myself too many tasks to okay. do in a day. Mm-hmm. And then also a, a side part of that would be that things that I can do that aren't particularly designing stuff. So tasks that on designing that are more kind of like um, uh, research, writing social media like building that up which doesn't t- i wouldn't say is as more strenuous in terms of focusing on uh in terms of like designing but i i won't feel as productive if i've been doing those tasks i feel right, like i've gone to the stage now where i'm only feeling productive when i'm designing something or i've spent a while you know doing a logo design yeah well we're in the same boat i feel the same <laughs> all right give me a second i've got to open the window it's way too hot in here um yeah uh, that's fine okay Oh, it's stupidly warm in the UK. I have no idea why. Right, okay. So yeah, no, I know. Very strange. Okay, so your, to- your question. I don't Priori- a jacket. I don't know why. <laughs> prioritizing things, um, finding the right time yeah. and feeling a little bit more productive. So we're in the same boat here. This is what I do all the time. I will beat myself up. I, if I have a laundry list of 30 things and I manage to do three of them, um, obviously I will be annoyed. But it, could I have actually achieved yeah. all 30 of those in a day? Probably not. Um, so yeah. Here's, here's a question. I feel like you know it kind of in your mind. Yeah, but that doesn't stop you feeling bad about it. No, so, I, I know that. Um, let me ask you a question. You're working full-time okay. as a manager. How many hours okay. a day or in a week do you actually have to work on your design stuff, roughly? Okay, so I have two full days off. Okay. Um, they can change. Mm-hmm. So they're full days. Mm-hmm. Um, now, th- that those are sometimes quite unpredictable although within the schedule that they've done at the moment i'm getting a definite one day which is a monday so they'll always give me a monday off yep. which is better to schedule off i'm normally then if i'm going to work uh each day i'll have either some depending if i'm on an early or a late shift i'll have i'll have some hours in the morning and then it's awesome hours in the evening so okay. that's usually like but I would say two full days and then maybe uh, like three three hours every other day. Okay, obviously you've got to match in time to see like hang out with your girlfriend and do all of that type of stuff and be a social human yeah. being too. Yeah. So yeah. let's just say it's those two days because obviously the other hours in between you 
you might be tired, you might want to cook, you might want to go shopping, you might want to do groceries. Yeah. Or whatever. Okay. So let's be yeah. realistic here. Um, but that's good to know because it means then that at least by saying you have two days to work on things or you have a day to work on things, you can beat yourself up a little bit less about when you are not doing things or when you should be doing things. Yeah. So okay. um, in terms of um, figuring out how long things take and setting realistic expectations, the only thing you can do is record yourself doing it. Um, so I know roughly that I can write a newsletter, edit it, and schedule it within 45 minutes on a good okay. day. It might be an hour on a bad day. If it takes me a bit longer or I write a bit long, it'll take me an hour. Um, just so we know, by the way, guys, I will... How many questions more have we got? One, two, three, four, uh, four, five. Five more questions. Okay, we'll get through everyone's questions today. Um, don't worry, we will run a little bit longer um, so just stick around and we'll get through everyone's questions. Thank you very much for being patient, everyone listening at home. Okay, so Joshua, back to your question of how to set realistic expectations. The only way to do it is to record yourself doing it. Um, you can either record yourself on your like an OBS software, like capture your screen, or literally just set a timer on your phone and say, when I design, when I'm doing this logo design, like whether that is the, the calls, the sketching, um, if it's a personal project, just list out everything and just make a note of how long it takes you. Um, obviously every project will be slightly different. So sometimes I will design a logo for a client in 10 hours and it will be perfect and it will be done. Sometimes it will be 40 hours, but you need to roughly know how long these things take. Um, for your own benefit, obviously your own mental health, your own stress level to be like, am I achieving things in the right amount of time? Um, you need to be doing that. But also when you're dealing with clients, they need to have a realistic expectation of how long things will take you. Um, so when you give them a timeline, you're not kind of overshooting it by a, a, a three weeks um, and you're not giving yourself way too little time that you're up till 3 a.m. every day working on it. So record the time it takes you to do the most common tasks um, and try and bulk things together as much as you can. So if you've only got two days a week, this is going to be a bit harder because obviously you're going to want to spend a lot of time designing and you're probably not going to want to spend a lot of time scheduling posts for social media. I would assume anyway, um, based on what you said. Um, so yeah. if you are spending or want to spend as much time designing as possible, make sure you carve out that time, put it in your calendar, um, do whatever you do need to do with a notepad or a to-do list and actually put it in there. And then when you hit like, I don't know, let's say you do 9am to 2pm, block it in, do it, and then move on to the next task and stop. Um, and just see how much you get done. Let's see how many tasks you get done and try and actually focus because we all have phones. Like I literally have to chuck this across the room so I can't reach it yeah. half the time. Um, yeah. Or I have to turn WhatsApp off on my desktop because I'll get messages from Lydia and it would just be like, bing, 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 bing. And I'm like, ah, I can't focus. Um, you, you just have to make an effort to record how long things take, write it in a spreadsheet or a to-do list or, or whatever, or notebook or wherever you put it. So you roughly know how long things take. So it took me a while, but I, after a, a while, I knew that on a Monday, if I was to do a, a podcast, a newsletter, a blog post, and schedule social media content for that, it would take me roughly eight hours. Like by the time okay. I'd done all of that, it would roughly take me eight hours. And when I got to the end of the day, I could be like, I have achieved everything I set out to do today. Some okay. days you won't achieve everything you set out to do, but by at least knowing how long a common task will take, you can kind of achieve a little bit more and kind of keep things, keep yourself stress-free. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, I guess... I guess another another part of that is when you are trying to give yourself 
I get the idea of recording the task before so you can get an idea of how long it's taking you because I've been going, well, okay, I'm going to design this this poster project and I'm going to give yeah. myself an hour to do that. And then mm. the hour will creep up and then I'm still kind of editing it or, or um, I'm still kind of tweaking it. And then I'm like, well, I should I have stopped now? And I guess I appreciate, I, I, you know, understand what you're saying is that you know if you if you can measure them beforehand you'll know that 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 poster should have taken you two hours maybe my other part of that question would be if you're if you're if you've got some sketches if you've got some ideas and some designs and you are working on them on on digitally and you get to a point where you know you should be finishing but it doesn't look right and you kind of have to start again i always kind of look at that time as wasted right if, if the end result doesn't look like those sketches Mm-hmm. you know what i mean if you get if you understand that yeah totally so i can give you a similar act that i've done recently so i did those weekday warm-up logos and all of those logos yeah. were created in one to one and a half hours um, okay and that was from sketch to digital to finish in an hour and a half okay at the most um and okay. the, the only way i got around that was by setting myself the most basic excuse me the most basic outcome which was i want to make one thing Okay, so I made one thing um, and I finished it and it was done. Now, if you're doing poster design, maybe you need to be a bit more realistic with yourself and say, is it going to take me two hours, not one? Am I new at okay. doing this? If you're new at doing something, it's going to take you a bit longer. Maybe an hour is not, yeah, yeah. not maybe not a realistic, a realistic expectation of yourself. But yeah. then the flip side of that is, are you being too lenient with yourself? Yeah. yeah. Should okay. you be giving yourself less time or is an hour enough? But I think what you are doing here potentially is you're saying I've hit the hour mark and it's still not finished in like your own personal perspective, unless you're publishing it somewhere. Like even if you are publishing it somewhere, it doesn't really matter. Just if you've set yourself a challenge to be like, I want to make a poster based on this topic within an hour. It's done. It's done. Like when you hit the hour, it's done. Save it. And if you want to come back to it another day, do that. Yeah, but at that point, it's done. Move on to the next thing. Yeah, and the own, that, that way you'll force your brain to get used to the deadline, which is what I found with doing the logos every day was that the first week I ended up making one a day. That's the only way I could do it. Yeah, okay. but after that week, I ramped up and I actually ended up making four or five or even six some days. Yeah, I know. I, I yeah. saw that. So, I enjoyed that. Yeah, and it only took, it took practice to yeah. do that. Okay. Um. But the only way to achieve it is by setting yourself a deadline as you have, but being realistic with it. So you have to find the balance okay. and, and not yeah. kill yourself over it. Yeah. No. I, okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Do you I, think there's something actionable? You, you do have some good days. You do have some good. Day, you have some good days where you feel very productive and you feel you've done stuff, and you have you have bad days as well. But interestingly, with your 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 daily um, practicing, one thing that I've been struggling with in terms of practicing, and is that what does practice look like and um you know how to measure good practice where you've designed something um and how do you know it you know you're spending that time how would how would you kind of measure if it's it's been helpful for you if you've learned something by looking back in six months okay if you look back on it every single day you're not going to notice anything okay cool okay so my suggestion let's say you're doing posters um go to an account called roy cranston yeah. Okay. Okay. Roy Cranston. Um, I'll put right. his name in the Down. chat for you. 
Um, he did a poster every single day for 365 days. Okay. I scrolled all the way back to his first posters. They were bad. Real bad. Okay. 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 But as you scroll up, within a month, he's got a bit better. Within, yeah, yeah. He's trying different things. Like he's trying how type bends and type moves and colors and images and Photoshop layers and blah, 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 blah. And it changes and improves. But if you look at it every single day, man, you are going to kill yourself. Like you're going to want to just tear your hair yeah. out. It's going to be awful. Don't do it. So you need to just set yourself a time, do the time, and then measure it in three in a month or three months or six months and look and look okay. back on it there. So if but otherwise, if you want to learn something and make progress, um, just make a list. So be like, right, obviously with posters, you want to get better at posters. The only way to do it is to make yeah, posters. Yeah. But if you want to yeah. learn how to design a website, for example, you should probably find a list online to, or make a list of what do I need to learn to learn how to make a website? Yeah, so that could be what is HTML? Question mark. How do yeah. I build a website without code? Question mark. Yeah, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So give yourself a decent chance <laughs> to like yeah. actually do something. Does that help? That helps a lot. Yeah, awesome, I man. really appreciate it. Thank you. No worries. Uh, yeah. Thanks, Joshua. I really appreciate oh. it. Yeah, no worries. Thank you, mate. Cool. Cheers. Right, mute yourself. Mohammed Faraz, you are up next. Hey, Connor. Hello. How are, how are you? you doing? Thank you for being so patient um and yeah. <laughs> and hanging on for this long um guys we are going to get to everybody's questions today so where are you from man and what do you do i am a, a brand strategist i work awesome. at, uh, at a tech company and i recently started a branding agency cool. called out of the box so i've been running that as well as a site so you could say um my i'm uh, i'm based in malaysia awesome uh, yeah so Kind of here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you very much for your patience. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Uh, so my question is more towards the current situation all of us are in. Okay. Um, we all, uh, I mean, a lot of us are asking how to deal with the situ uh, situation of COVID-19 when it comes to clients. And I've had some clients uh, back off at this time, some really good clients. And uh, a lot of times it's because of their uh, background, basically they're worried about spending money during this time of the pandemic. Um, but I feel like they do have the potential, they're just worried about the future, the unexpected future they have. And um, so this one thing is about how to deal with such clients who are, you know, who are leaving or attempting to leave, they're confused. And uh, another thing would be about dealing with leads aspects of leads that we're trying to get to yeah i mean how to deal with them okay is uh and you know you know how things are yeah changed. we're all in the same so boat here, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i totally understand where you're coming from with this question so let me just read that back for for people as well so your questions were one of the major issues we are facing during this pandemic is that many clients are backing off so how do we deal with this situation secondly how do we deal with new leads who are looking at the situation we are in and potentially being a little bit worried by the sounds of it so one of the major issues uh, is you, i, I, sorry, I would feel like some might take advantage of this situation right are you taking advantage or are they taking advantage sorry um i feel like their side i mean i'm worried about their side right i have to make sure that i am responsible too. okay i understand um, so let me tackle this first question. And I think it's something we're all kind of dealing with as well. It's it's all brand new, really. Um, and, and more for the fact that 
it's it's horrible when someone has to back away from a, a deal you've done or a project you're working on um, and things just aren't going the right way for you. Um, obviously, it, it's really disappointing when that happens, but you also need to recognize that those clients are concerned and have very valid concerns, obviously. But as I said to um, it, one of the questions earlier, it's just to make sure that you you reach out to the people who you have kind of had dealings with in the past um, or, or were meant to be working with and just making sure that they're okay. Just keeping that situation and that kindling, like that fire burning um, so that when they are ready to come back, then you are waiting for them and you're ready to go. Um, so that would definitely help. But also in terms of people backing off, it's it's really difficult, man. Like I've had a bunch of clients who I was meant to be doing new projects with turn around and be like, I'm really sorry, Connor, but things have just got really hectic and our families are at home. Um, I can't spend the time I would want to on the business. Um, the business is is kind of in maintenance mode right now. Like we, we're having to just wait. Um, I had a big project recently that I sent a proposal in. We were waiting for like a month for responses on it. And just as they said, yes, we'd love to work with you. They also said, but we're not spending any money right now. We're actually going to not do the project right now. We need to wait six months. So I completely understand where you're coming from. And I think the best thing you can do is just try and be as helpful as possible and reach out to the people who have obviously said, I'm sorry, we can't work together right now. Um, or reach out to people who have you worked with in the past who maybe you've not spoken to for six months or a year and speak to them as well because there's every potential they might need some help um, and you might have to offer a different service or they might need something different um, but there's every potential you could find work within that network you already have but then jump jumping to your your second question which is how do we deal with new leads looking at this situation I would continue your business as best as you can. Um, maybe have a little bit more empathy, maybe a little bit more understanding for the people who are running these businesses um, to say, are you concerned about anything? Is there anything that I could do to make this easier for you? Is there anything I could do to help make this process easier, to help set you up for the future? Which is what I'm doing with new leads that come to me, which is saying that I understand these are trying times. These are, the world is upside down and everyone is not sure what they're doing. Um, but the only way we'll get through this is to try and keep things moving as smoothly and as normally as possible. Um, so just go in with a little bit more empathy um, and see how that helps. And obviously that doesn't help you generate new leads um, and generating new leads is kind of a difficult thing anyway. But with this new situation, try to keep doing things as you would normally, but throw a little bit more empathy in, throw a little bit more, is everything okay? How is your business doing? Is there anything I can do to help? Does that help, man? Yeah, kind of. I mean, uh, uh, I mean, uh, can I continue? Or yes, of course. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, recently I was uh, talking to a lead and we had kind of discussion. But at the end, they had this, uh, I was kind of struggling towards communicating with them this part of, you know, the empathy and whatnot. I mean, they really wanted the work done, but they were like, um, I'm not really ready for it. So I gave them the option. I, I, I got this. I, I watched Christo's um, advice on this. And uh, he had mentioned that, you know, you could give them a more flexible kind of payment, uh, payment thing. Uh, but then right now, I mean, if you, when you, now we discussed this earlier also that uh, before it was easier when you met the client face to face. And now the problem is clients are overseas and and especially like overseas clients, how do you keep them accountable when it comes to payment? 
if you're going to be mm. too flexible. Mm. So the only way to do that is to make sure you are, as you would with normal projects, which is don't deliver things, um, don't deliver things until they paid. Um, and but that depends because it depends how flexible you want to go with your payments. Yeah. So if you would normally do 50% upfront as a deposit and then 50% as a payment um, at the end, then that might have to change. You, you might have to do what Chris recommended or, or even Michael Jander recommends, which is break it down a little bit more um, and do 25%, 25%, 25%, 25%. Um, but in terms of keeping people accountable, the only way, the, the best way you can protect yourself is to not send them final files before they've paid. Um, and I, I do appreciate where you're coming from because it's, people are like, oh, he's done the work. Like, let's get out of here. Let's let's run while we still can. Um, but my recommend, yeah, my recommendation is try and keep things as, as best you can right now, which are try and be more flexible, but don't sacrifice your process. Does that help? I think that probably gets towards that. Yeah. Yes, yeah, absolutely no problem, man. And thank you so much for staying up. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Absolutely, I'm absolutely appreciate you <laughs> being <so> here. <laughs> so, okay, so let's keep moving through. Um, thank you very much. Yeah, if you don't mind muting yourself, we'll get going through. Fab. Okay, guys, right. We're going to have to do some of these a little bit quicker because we are running significantly over time now. So, John P. Milligan, can you please join the video call, the chat, unmute yourself, and let us know who you are, where you're from, what's going on? Hey Connor, hey, John. Um, John, yeah, I am a designer in the U.S. in New Jersey. Awesome. Um, I'm currently in transition between uh, positions in my career. I was laid off in the last month. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that, man. Yeah, I'm making the best of it. Um, I'm reaching out to designers like yourself. You know, people online that mm -hmm. are are very uh, that have a following. Yeah. Um. Because I believe, you know, once you start sharing your knowledge, it, it helps you become more of an expert. Mm -hmm. And so I was, so my question is, um, what do you believe uh, would be the best things to focus on to raise, to raise awareness or to present myself as more of a expert in the field and like what kind of content really I'd, I don't have much of a following, but um, once I do, right? I, I know you you like reach out to your audience and like ask them what they'd like to hear and what you know what they'd like to see, mm -hmm. um, and not just you know not just creating content just to create content. You know yeah, what I mean? Totally. To have more of, a, more of a focused and value based content for your for your followers. Awesome. Okay, thank you for the question, John. I just give me a moment. I need to. I open the window and now I need to close it because it's getting cold. <laughs> There we go. Okay, right. So, great question. Because um, I totally understand that many people are having a big shift in their world right now. Um, and I'm sorry, obviously, to hear that you were laid off, uh, I assume because of the, the, the general world situation right now. Um, so, here's a question for you, John. Um, what do you want to do? Do you want a job back um, in a similar kind of position that you were in previously? Or um, maybe yeah. moving to a different career path? What are you wanting to achieve out of this? Yeah, that's, that's, that's basically the question I've been, you know, pouring over in my head the past few weeks. Uh, it's, 
you know, what is that next chapter? What is that next turn? Yeah. Um, and I, I'm still thinking about it. So it's, a, um, I find myself le- leaning towards the, uh, the brand work that I've done. Uh, I was a, I was a big fish in a very small pond and right. now I'm a small fish in a very big pond. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, it's, um, uh, it's hard to leverage my, my expertise from that small community and try to, uh, try to show, uh, the rest of the industry that, you know, there's still value here in me that is not just based within those those four walls of my previous okay so so job. when you say you're a big fish in a small pond what do you mean the, the the establishment or the agency that you worked at or do you mean the specific sector of the industry you worked in no no i meant the um the group right so i was at an in-house design agency okay. for a for a specific company for it's been 20 years now right i see okay uh, so my thinking potentially is that you probably have a lot of knowledge of what it's like to work in-house and also potentially what it's like to work with clients on that end of the spectrum, maybe a little bit more on the corporate side. And with that experience, you probably know what their problems are. You probably know um, what the problems are of the clients you have worked with, what the common things, you say got 20 years experience. That's I don't know why you're asking me. Um, I have like four, but my thinking here is that you have a whole bunch of experience and it depends where you want to focus this. Do you want to focus this energy on uh, eventually educating designers and potentially selling them products or do you want to work with clients again? Sorry, which one was, which one? I think it's, I think it's more of the, I mean, I've had multiple conversations throughout the years where Mm. I'd have a colleague that would say, Oh, uh, my daughter is looking to get into the field. Would you mind meeting and having, you know, dinner or lunch or whatever? Yeah. And going over some best practices or what they should know before they get into the field or. Uh, okay. Let me rephrase the question. What do you want to do, John? What do you think love doing? Yeah, I, I think it's that the, um, the e- educating greener design. Okay. Okay, cool. So. It sounds to me then like you should be taking the wealth of knowledge that you have and creating content around that Um, and also reaching out to establishments that already educate people um, and educate designers and see what they're doing, see if you can help them at all um, and just build a network of other educators as well and then take the experience that you have, make a laundry list, make a long, long list. You could probably make 50 or 60 different blog posts, maybe even more just as a list and start there and start small and reach out to the people who might have a designer in their family or might be looking to learn something new and start there. I mean, I don't know what your money situation is like right now. I don't know whether you'd need to go get another job in an agency or focus there first, but it sounds like in the long term, you have a lot of experience and a lot of expertise that could be shared in many different formats. That could be writing, that could be audio, that could be video, it could be all three. Um, and it's a case of reaching out and finding the people who are interested in learning from you, um, which is only gonna yeah, happen I, by you making things. Right, I have that uh, I have that list 
started. It may not be as long as I want it to be yet, but yeah. I do have that started of of what topics that um, you know conversations that I've had multiple times that that provide value. Yeah might not be just valuable to them it might be valuable to more people so yeah totally and it probably is and i really would i mean uh, by the sounds of what you're saying it, you have something under the hood there that i don't think you've noticed <laughs> yeah i've, had, I've in, the, in the past two weeks i've also been working with um, you know job placement agencies and yeah. different recruiters yeah and they've i've heard more than once things that are pretty much along the same line as, as what you just stated. They're like, they're like, you need to uh, be less humble and, and actually tell your story, you know, tell yeah. your story. It's a lot grander than what you're doing here yeah. in your resume. I mean, I'm, we're not going to have the time today to go through all of it, man, but I would love to hear it another it. day. Um, all right. So no, 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 we can still can talk about it. It's still a good question, but I don't have time right now to hear your whole backstory, but I would love to another oh, day. Um, but they're right. Um, I would strongly suggest taking what you know and running with it as best you can right now. Um, obviously, you need to make ends meet whatever way you can. Um, but if that's your long-term vision, uh, run with it. Because it sounds to me like if, if a professional recruiter is turning around to you and saying, John, you, you need to you need to like be less humble here. You've got a lot going on. Sort, like, sort it out. Then do it. Yeah. Like I, I have far less experience than you. I just have, a, I've just used social media for 10 years. Like I know how it works. Um, whereas you've been in the industry considerably longer and have seen the insides and the outs, the good, the bad, the ugly. And I'm sure there are many people out there who would love to hear and learn from you for that. Great. Does that help? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's good to hold that. It's good to, to have you help me hold that mirror up, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. So thank you. It, it, yes, it does. You're, you're totally welcome. Um, and definitely message me after the show and we'll see what else we can do for you. Cool. Right, right awesome. let's keep going through. So thank you uh, to John for that great question. So Humera, Humaira, uh, I'm afraid I'm going to butcher your name. Are you still with us today? Are you still listening? Um, I'm not sure they... Oh, no, they are. Um, if you want to come onto the show and unmute yourself, um, please do so and I'd be more than happy to answer your question. We're going to try and move through these so quickly so we'll be done in the next 10 minutes or so. So it's, there we go, trying to unmute. Okay, <laughs> well, there we go. Hello. Hi. Hi, so where are you from? <laughs> what do you do? So my name is Sumaira. I'm a recent graduate student and awesome. I, I'm from US, New York. Cool. So I been working in the industry for like six months it's an mm -hmm. agency company yeah and as a graphic designer um i was working the, so the first one two months i was working nicely creating designing banner brochures for them yeah and they're based on jewelries so later on i like after one month passed by what i've had problem was like they just handed me a camera they're like Here's the camera, take pictures and start posting on social media. They have like three different platforms, social media, and they have like two other websites. So what I was doing for the past six months was basically taking pictures, editing them and creating simple banners, like just put the picture in a banner yeah. and you just write this type of jewelry and that's it. There was like nothing else in that 
work so my question is like i what i was planning on doing is basically have a six month experience in a graphic industry how it works how it not and then start moving into like mobile app design because i did a bachelor in graphic and web so right now the six months have been passed right and obviously during this current situation it will be hard for me to get a job uh, into different fields mm -hmm. um and i'm getting a lot of pressure from them in terms of like my photo photography skills are not meeting the expectation okay and last two weeks i was like being very how this is i was being really treated unwell right because i wasn't meeting their expectation as a photographer but i've been telling them like you know you see i'm not a craft i'm not a photographer i'm a graphic designer yeah totally i, I can i can design all the things but I'm trying my best to do as a photographer. I'm like trying to take pictures. Yeah. But I feel like I'm like kind of like straining a lot of my energy. And by the time I'm giving them my work, they're not satisfied with it. Mm. They're always kind of like uh, being, their critics are not helping me at all. They're not even giving me credit critics. Like, hey, yeah, yeah. you know, this work is nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Maybe you should do it this way or that way or something. It was just basically kind of like getting yelled at from them. Right, I see. Last, like, one, two months, I've been just getting yelled from them. Okay. Um, and it's, like, very hard. Okay. So I don't know if I should just quit this job right now or just endure it until this pandemic goes away. <laughs> You're in a tough spot there, it sounds like. Um, it's tricky. I, I completely understand where you're coming from because what's happened by the sounds of it um, is that you've gone in with one job title and they've given you another, um, which is not fair for you. Um, and it's also not fair for them because they are clearly expecting you to do things that you are not trained in, you don't have expertise in, you have not got the major skills in. Obviously, you said best in graphic and web design. So, But there's also the flip side of, of well, here's a, here's a question for you. Um, could you support yourself if you quit this job right now? Or would you have to immediately go and get another job? Well, I don't really support my family. Like, maybe I give my family, like, a few hundred bucks a month, basically. Oh, I see. Okay, I see. Okay, well, so yeah. you're, you're fairly fortunate with that then, which is great. Um, so that you well, have... like, during the pandemic, it's like my mom is laid off, my brother's laid off. Yeah, yeah. So any, so any money... Off. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, we're getting some from the government. Okay, I see. So... It's difficult times for difficult... Everyone's struggling through these difficult times, and I'm sorry to hear that it's affecting your family so much. Um, but my thinking here is that you are, you need to have a hard conversation um, because your mental health is not going to do well if you are continued to be um, being shouted at, being, um, having poor critiques, um, being asked to do tasks that you have no idea how to do or, or struggle to do. Um, so it sounds like you have a few options, which are... You go into work and you have a serious conversation with whoever your manager or your boss is or the owner of the company and say, you hired me to do these tasks um, and these are the skills that I have. Has this changed? Are you looking for somebody else or do you still need someone to do these skills? Because based on my experience, I've actually been spending 50, 60, 75% of my time here taking photographs for you and not doing what you hired me to do. So you need to under, approach one is to understand whether they're, they're 
expectations have changed to understand whether their needs have changed. Then that could go one of two ways. That will go, oh yeah, we actually do need a photographer. We're going to sack you. We're going to fire you because we need a photographer. Alternatively, it will go back to, oh, actually, yeah, I'm really sorry. We we have been asking you to do all this photography and not doing the job we hired you for. So it's going to go one of two ways there. The second approach, so I, sorry, go on. I did, I did a conversation yesterday with them. Right. Regarding this matter, and I was like really scared. So when I told them, like, you know, you see, I'm not a photographer. I'm a graphic designer. I don't have that experience in this photography thing. And they said, we understand that we're giving you time. We're we're taking it slowly with you so that you can learn and apply those skills with us. But you don't feel that they're actually teaching you. They're just kind of saying, take photographs and do it. Yes, they're not teaching me anything other than just like, telling me that they're telling me the same thing over it's like we're giving you time you have all those things i don't even have a photo studio to begin with honestly right okay it's it's, it's kind of like a photograph pictures i'm taking at home uh oh. using the paper around me right and okay then- yeah i see what you're saying it sounds to me like they're just pushing you to do do two jobs instead of one yeah okay um personally i'm a very blunt type of person i would go back into that room and say you're asking me to do a task and not willing to teach me how to do it. Um, you have two choices here. We either, you either help me and actually help me get the equipment that we need to do this properly. Like if, if you want to learn how to, I don't know whether this is what you want to do, but if you want to learn how to be a better photographer, if you want to keep this job and that's what they need, you need to go back in and say, if you'd like me to get better at doing this photo- doing this photography, this is the equipment I would need to do that. This is the lessons I would need to use. These are the courses I would need you to pay for so I can learn these skills. Um, but it sounds to me like they're probably not going to be willing to do that based on the way that they're treating you currently. Yes. Um, yes. So it sounds to me like you should do what's best for you. And right now, if that means that you have to stick it out for another six weeks to try and find an internship or a job somewhere else, um, there are jobs going in this industry online right now, regardless of the pandemic. There are people hiring still. There are people doing uh, remote internships. Um, One of my girlfriend's friends is doing a remote internship right now. Um, There are places like that. So I would never suggest, particularly in times like this, that you just quit and walk away. But especially if you need the money, but you might be better off looking further afield, find something new, and then leave as soon as you can. Um, because it doesn't sound like it's a healthy situation or a healthy work environment. Does that help? I'm, I'm really sorry. Yeah. I, I've got to get through to the other people's questions and I don't, I feel no, no, really no. bad. <laughs> I just needed, no, I just need, really need to confirm like what I need to do. And so, uh, actually, while we're, while we're talking about jobs, there's a guy called Dan Petty or PT Dan. I think it's I think it's like this. Um, I put it in the chat. Dan Petty on Twitter. Um, he helps designers get jobs. And I'm sure if you sent him a nice DM on Twitter or somewhere on Instagram um, and just said, "Hi, this is my situation. I'm I'm struggling. I've been given. I need to find out a new path. Is there anything you could help suggest or point me to?" I'm sure he would help. Um, or other people. Unfortunately, I don't have very much experience. Well, I don't have any experience working in-house. So for me to help you find a job, it would be very difficult. But there are people online who definitely would be able to help you. 
Thank you so much. No worries. Have a great rest of your your evening. Uh, well, your rest of your afternoon day. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. You are completely welcome. Um. Okay. Right. Let's move through to the next person. Um. So the next person we are going to is, uh, Kosi. Are you here? Still. I believe you are in the chat still. We're going to try and get through these questions quickly, guys. Um, so we've got one. Oh, I think Kosi and Chris are the last two. Okay, so we've got two more questions to do. Kosi, are you still here? Um, I'm not sure if you're trying to unmute. You can't can't speak currently, though. Okay, so what I'll do, um, firstly, I hope I pronounce your name correctly, but I will read your question from the chat um, and do my best to answer it based on the chat. So thank you for sending in a question. Hopefully next time we'll actually be able to have a proper conversation. So your question was, uh, you're firstly, you're from Nigeria, which is awesome. Thank you to <laughs> our Nigerian creatives who are joining us today. Um, your question was, when you're not getting enough client work to show what you do on social media, what other type of content can you put on social media to keep your audience engaged? Plus, I won't be able to speak on a call. I'm in a noisy environment. Okay, well, you did say in your, your chat. Thank you very much. Okay, so here's a suggestion. If you don't have client work coming in right now, you need to be making projects that client you would be doing for clients. So here's, a, here's an easy example. Um, if you are wanting to do logo designs for clients, make logo design projects and share them as if they were fake client projects. Now, it might sound a little deceptive, but it's really not. And that's how I actually landed my first few clients was to make fake projects. And I will still do this just to practice from time to time. I will make fake projects and I will share them. And I will share it the same way as I would for any other client project. And the reason I do this is because it works. And you are totally right. Sometimes it's difficult to keep the engagement up. It's difficult to keep people interested. It's difficult to make content. But if you feel that you can't make anything when you don't have clients, you need to change that mindset because you definitely can. My suggestion would be that make content that you want people to hire you for. So again, I'll give you my example. I'm a visual identity, brand identity designer. I will make logos and brand identity and packaging and I will share that on social media because it would be what I would do for clients, okay? And by doing that, you will continue that momentum, you will continue that consistency, and you will attract clients for that too. I hope that's quite a short and sweet answer, but I hopefully that will keep you on the right track. It's all about mindset up here. Just because you don't have enough client work coming in does not mean you can't make things. Follow the same process, set yourself a fake brief, make up a company, make up what they do, uh, and then follow your same normal process, create all the assets and share them. Share them on Instagram, on Twitter, on Behance, on Dribble, wherever you want to share them, but make fake projects and share them. It will have... It won't be as strong as an effect, but it will be pretty much just as effective. So just keep moving forward and keep making things. Um, because yeah, as you say, especially as a new designer, it's important for you to make things. So you can find fake briefs. There's a website called Briefbox. Um, you can find brief generators, but my suggestion would be just to make up your own, make up your own company name, make up um, a fake website for them, um, make fake packaging for whatever they do, uh, make a fake logo, uh, just make, make your own brief and do it. And I'm sure you'll be able to figure it out from there because it takes time, but you will get more clients. Just keep making things. Hopefully that answers your question and thank you for sending it in. So Chris, Chris Mentz, you are the last person on today's uh, show. Can you hear me and can you unmute yourself? Uh, Chris seems to have, have two accounts logged into the chat right now. 
Um, if you can't speak, Chris, um, I can read your question from the chat instead. I'm not, you've said something about not being able to hear me. Um, but yeah, okay. Um, Chris, you here? Hi, I'm still having technical difficulties trying to figure out how the audio, da 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 da. You are struggling, something, something. I'm reading the captions and conversations sound interesting. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, Chris, that um, we can't chat right now, but I will answer your question. So your question was, I want to make a remark that I noticed you make the shift with creative direction, such as developing educational carousels uh, for your own personal management and organization. How do you uh, how do you compromise with producing content for multiple media channels? Okay, so... Da -da -da. Creative direction. Okay, so I think I understand what you're asking about your question, which is about how do I go about producing content for multiple different channels? The easiest way, the easiest thing to do is to start at a big source and then split it out from there. So all of the Instagram content I had been making um, was previously a blog post or a newsletter. So I'd always start by writing and then I would turn that writing into a tweet. I would turn that writing into an Instagram post. I would turn that writing into a video if I wanted to, or a podcast, or an article on LinkedIn. So my suggestion would be to pick something big. So that could be like a video, that could be uh, some writing, that could be a case study project, for example. I don't know what you do, Chris, but again, I'll use myself as an example. If I wanted to share a case study across multiple social media channels, I would start by making the biggest image format the biggest images I can, probably for my Behance or my website, um, and then shrink it down or edit it or crop it or do whatever to put it on other different platforms. And it's a case of finding a content type that you enjoy making and is practical for you and then shrinking it down and breaking it down for different social media platforms. Gary V has a great content deck on just how to do this. Um, it's something like how to make 64 pieces of content from one piece of content um, or something crazy. Obviously, he just does that. Um, <laughs> yeah, so obviously he has a whole team to do that. Um, but right now, I would suggest that you pick a big idea, a big topic, a big like pillar of content and then break it down into different places from there. You don't have to change and adapt things very much. If you want to turn a blog post into a carousel, obviously that's a big difference. But if you just want to take a quote from the blog post and put it as an Instagram post, you can do that. Um, but it's all about experimenting and making sure that you have something that can be broken down fairly easily. So that could be, as I said, a blog post, that could be a video, that could be a case study. But yeah, go check out Gary Vee's deck on that. You might not like him as a person, but that particular content deck is really useful in showing you how to redistribute and repost content across social media channels. Right, Chris, I'm gonna have to leave it there, I'm afraid. Thank you so much to everyone who has joined us and for the people who have stuck around all the way through today. I know we've had people joining us from all the way around the world and it's completely different time zones and I'm very, very grateful for everyone. We've gone on well longer than I ever thought we would. Um, so I initially, I invited 30 people. We had around 15 people come in um, and we've answered less questions than that uh, throughout the entire show. So next time, I think we'll have less people or less questions or move quicker or something. Um, but my voice, as I'm sure you guys can hear, is starting to feel a little bit hoarse, a little bit rough. Um, but I do appreciate every single one of you who have turned up for today's recording. Um, I'm going to leave it there and I will send you all an email as to when things are going to be going live and we'll edit it down from there. And for everyone who um, had a question and maybe we've not got to today, thank you very much. 
and we will do probably do this again sometime. Um, I'm going to have to change things up and we'll, and we'll figure out a different way to do this. Um, but yeah, it's been a lot of fun and I really appreciate you all taking the time. Um, actually, while we are um, here, I'm going to quickly make an Instagram story and we're just going to we're going to do that. Um, cool. So let's turn that around. So we just got done filming and recording the first live Q&A session for the Fowler Hour. Here is all the questions and all the lovely people who joined us. Completely different time zones. Whole, I went on like a whole hour longer. It was pretty amazing. Thank you all. Cool. Fabulous. Thank you guys um, so much. If you have any questions or anything you'd like to follow up with me on. Um, oh, that's my, that's my phone recapturing the audio. There we go. Um, if you'd like to follow up on send me a DM. You know where to find me on the internet. It's not hard to find me. Awesome. Thank you so much to everyone who's joined and I will see you guys next time. I'm going to go eat some food because I am hungry. <laughs> see you guys. Bye for now. Right. Let's, how do I end this call? Um, oh, there's a big red button. See you later guys. Have a great rest of your weekend. Bye for now.